Good day, everyone. This is Matt with A Cup of Freedom. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Today is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice in Him. I've got my cup of coffee, and I'm enjoying a cup today. It's a beautiful day here in Texas where I'm recording from. I hope you are enjoying a beautiful day in a cup wherever you are listening from. This is a podcast where we celebrate all things freedom in Christ. The Son has set us free. Amen. And then we talk about how we can walk in the freedom that He has provided. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, we've been going through a series on the battle of the mind. This has been so important. I hope you've caught the first couple episodes. If you haven't, uh, catch up with those. But today, I want to I want to shift focus and I want to talk about. Well, now that we're 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 talking about this, what's coming at us? What's what's the resistance to this? God's renewing our minds to the truth of who we are. But what there's opponents, there's influencers that are coming at us, and it's so important to know this know what we're dealing with here because so oftentimes we think it's us. We think it's coming from us when it's actually coming from an outside parasitic uh, influencer power that's not us, that I used to believe much of these things were me. We're just had a good me and a bad me, and this was just who what I was going to deal with. And so we got to know the source of where the thoughts are coming from to be able to help us to deal. So I want to say this first. You're, I need to make sure that I say this because... Your ability to deal with these thoughts or an inability to deal with these thoughts is not the measure of your life. As we go through this, you need to know that the power of all this, the source of all this is Christ in you. So our place is a place of rest and trust. Is there a battle to fight? Absolutely. We've been saying that. But the battle is not for ours to win. It's for Christ in us to win. Will we let him win this? And so this is not about how well you're managing your thoughts per se. Okay, this is not about how well you're dealing with the power of sin or the flesh or these opponents. This is about re- really our ability or our willingness, our attitude to let Christ do what only Christ can do. That's what it's really about. It's letting him fight the battle, but choosing because so oftentimes we're told what to do and how we need to handle this. And so then we put on our war gear and we go out there and we're trying to fight the battle on our own flesh. And we end up exhausted. We end up frustrated. We end up confused. Why can't I win this battle when I'm doing all the things I'm being told to do, but yet it's just not. Be, you know, I'm not being successful. So, so I want you to understand that first. We continue to go through this. This is not about how well you're managing all of this, okay? But it's also, but you can have some more awareness. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, that thought that that's not coming from God. These thoughts that are coming at us all the time. That's not from God. That's from here's where that source is coming from. And we're going to talk about some of those other sources today. So as we get into this, it's important to know who we're, who we're dealing with, who our opponents are, and realize that we're not our own opponent. We're not fighting against ourselves. We're definitely not fighting against God or the Holy Spirit, okay? Uh, we're on the same team, okay? But we do have some opponents. And so it's important. And I've done, I did a series probably, oh man, over a year ago now on the difference between body, soul, and spirit. And I think I'm convinced more than ever that Christians, most Christians, because I didn't know it, don't understand the difference between soul and spirit. I don't want to go into that too much right now, but this will help us to know that as we're going through this, what's being attacked. And what's being attacked is the body and the mind. I mean, the soul, which includes your mind. The human spirit is not being attacked. The human spirit now is sealed with the Holy Spirit. Okay, it's the core of who you are. It's where nothing can be touched. It's eternally breathing. It's safe, secure. It's good to go. The enemy can't touch this part of us, but he can still lie to us. He can still deceive us. 
These enemies can still tempt us through the physical body and through the soul. So we've got to understand, I'm not going to go into the depth of those three parts, but if you look back probably about a year ago, uh, we did a series, an in-depth series on each of those. I think it would be really valuable, worth your time to go back to understand the difference between soul and spirit, because so much of what is going on here is, is in the mind, is in our soul. We think it's just, it's us, it's who we are, when no, you're, in your spirit, you're good to go. It's all safe, secure. God's Christ is living in there, and he wants to live through you, through your soul. That's where the inside out comes, through your soul, through your body, then as an expression of Christ in you. Okay, so this is why it's so important to know this thing. So I want to go up. Okay, so that's it's important to know that what's what are these influencers coming after? They're coming after. They're obviously coming after us through the body, which is our senses. We're looking at you know we're look taste, touch, smell, feel, whatever you know all those right, and then our mind, our, our which which is our soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions. It's our feeler, our chooser, and our thinker. Okay, so I want to do a couple of quick things about these opponents, and I'm calling them opponents. Yes, they're enemies, but they're opponents. Is uh, there's a couple of things I want us to understand. Okay, first of all, these are unseen opponents. In other words, when you're playing a when you're playing a, a basketball game, right, or whatever, you you know you can see your opponent. You can see the other team. Right, these opponents are unseen. Here's where we get this from: Scripture, Ephesians six twelve, and this is where so many people get confused on this. But it says, "For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and the authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places." We need to understand that these are unseen. Your spouse is not your enemy. That person that cuts you off on the road is not your enemy. You may think they're the enemy, but it says right here, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We are What we're fighting for is these principalities, these, this evil that exists in the world, this, this, the dark world, the, the principalities, the evil spirits against, that's what we're fighting against. And we're going to list some of these, what they are here in just a minute. But that's what it is. We see the words unseen world, dark world, heavenly places, right? That's the, these are all refer to the unseen realm that we are blind to. So when you next time you have an argument with your wife or, or your husband, uh, they're not the enemy. They may say some things that sound like they're the enemy, but they're not. You're on the same team. They may be doing some things that seem like they are the enemy, but they're not. There is an enemy. There is a force. There is a there is something going on there, but it's they're not the enemy. So we've got to know that. I mean, can you possibly can you possibly fight against an enemy that you can't see, right? Do you see how necessary then, because of that, that God being that you be able to see through spiritual eyes? This is all going to come through spiritual revelation of Christ as we face these enemies. These are enemies that we're not seeing. We think it's our job or our boss yelling at us or our our circumstances or all the and cer- and I will say that circumstances can in some ways be but it's going to it's going to combine with the world we're going to talk about here in just a minute. But but those are not those those things that we we see in front of us are not are not the real enemy. We think they are. But it's I want you to focus on that verse and go th- I've I've said go through these scriptures because the Holy Spirit is the one who's going to fight for us against these unseen forces, against these unseen enemies. And so without engaging God in this, we're fighting blind. We're fighting blind. This is a spiritual battle. So always be a spiritual battle, not a battle that you're going to win against flesh and blood. It's not going to happen. So, and here's the thing, the enemy, here's what the enemy's objective. So here's a couple things before we get into it, what they are wanting to do 
is they're wanting to lie to you, number one, okay? So they're wanting to put thoughts uh, in, in your mind or present thoughts to you that are going to lie to you, okay? Which is going to keep you, what, in bondage to false beliefs. You may want to be writing some of these things down just to give you more insight onto this. Um, they're, they're going to, and then over that, they want to reinforce those false beliefs. They're, how are they going to do that? Through circumstances, through your own inability to, to, to win the battle, to lying to you, telling you you're not spiritual enough or you don't have enough in Christ. They're going to try to move you away, and then that, that's going to lead to the next part of it. They're going to try to move you away from living dependently as Christ is your source. So what are they doing? They're lying to you, which, which leads to bondage. This gets reinforced over time, these false beliefs, and that moves you away from living dependently on Christ. Now you're living out of your own resources or some other source, and then that, what is that doing? Then that's ultimately tempting you to live from the flesh. So that, see the progression there? That's what, they, that's what they're wanting to do. So I want to mention probably four, four uh, enemies today, and I wanted to keep this shorter, so I'm going to try to go through this, uh, and we may end up at some point uh, kind of expanding upon these, but I want to give you four today, and there are the flesh, the power of sin, Satan, and the world. Okay, these are, and I want you to think about it. If you were to draw a picture of, of just a circle, okay, you may want to do this, right? Draw the outside circle is your body, okay? Draw another circle on the inside, which is your soul, and you could put emotions, will, and mind. And then the third circle, a little smaller circle in the middle, is, is your spirit, the human spirit. You can also put the Holy Spirit, okay, join there. So what we're going to be, most of what these things are going to be attacking Okay, I want you to put maybe highlight that soul area, that soul circle, because these are going to be, as you remember, okay, it's guess that they're coming through the body, but it's ultimately going to be affecting the soul. So this is what we're gonna what we're gonna be looking at here. Okay, so we're being bombarded with this. Okay, externally it's coming at us, but then the internal battle is for our mind, will, and emotions. Okay, so enemy number one, the flesh. All right, this is where Romans 7, 18 says this, For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for the willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. So here's a definition of the flesh. I've talked about this over and over, but the flesh is basically getting your needs met, life's needs met, apart from Christ. That's a simple definition. So it's another way you could say it's, it's an independent attitude or pattern of behavior. That lives separately from Christ, that lives apart from Christ. Remember, we just read the verse uh, the other day where it says, apart from me, you can do nothing, right? So here's what the flesh is trying to tell you. The flesh uh, results in fleshly thinking. And it says, it may, it's going to say things like this. This is not coming from you. This is coming from the flesh. Remember, you are not the flesh. You're not in the flesh. You're in the spirit. But the flesh is all those ways you've gotten life apart from Christ. You learn some of those before Christ. You still walk in those, those ways after Christ. We still have a choice of walking by the spirit or walking by the flesh. So here's some of the lies that we get. It says this, it says, I can be in control. I can meet my needs or this will meet my needs. I can handle or overcome this. I can battle this, right? I can deal with these circumstances concerning my marriage, family, job, finances, et cetera, et cetera, right? I can be successful. I can be my own little God, 
right? So this is all this is all part of living. And, and the other part of where the religious flesh comes in is I can fight this battle on my own eventually and win it if I'm just more spiritual, memorize more Bible verses, do more you know serving of God, all these kind of things. And so this is a, basically the flesh is living independently of God. That's a, that's a general way of saying it. We could say a lot more, but that's but that's that's the core of it. And so why is this such a huge you are not the flesh but this is a huge roadblock because here it is Galatians 5:17 it says for the flesh okay that's not you sets its desire against the spirit that's capital S spirit holy holy uh, holy spirit and the spirit which lives in you against the flesh so there's the battle right there spirit versus flesh you're not the flesh you're in the you're in the spirit it says for these are in opposition to one another there it is there's your opponent so that you may not to do the things that you please. There it is. Sometimes you're not doing the things that you want to do because here's the reality. You don't want to live by the flesh. But look what's in opposition. The spirit is in opposition to the flesh. It's not you in opposition to the flesh. It's the spirit in opposition to the flesh, right? And so then Romans 7.15 goes on with this. For that which I am doing, I do not understand. For I am not practicing what I would like to do, but I am doing the very thing that I hate, right? Can we identify? We can identify with this, right? We will struggle. The rest, and here's, here's a reality that can be tough for some people to, to, to deal with. I, I'm embracing it more now because I just see it differently. Uh, this struggle will be prevalent and will be around for the rest of our lives. The, the, the battle against fleshly thinking, the flesh is not going away. It's going to be here. Okay. Um, that's the bad news. Okay. That's, that's the bad, the bad news is still there. And, and sometimes we go and we live out of this default independent way of thinking. Okay. In other words, it's kind of easy to go back to the flesh sometimes because that's what we're used to. We're used to getting our needs met apart from Christ. We're used to going after these. We've got these set patterns and set attitudes and set ways of thinking that we've gone to for so long. We wonder why it's hard to stop an addiction because we've gone to it for so long. But now that we are in Christ, we do have another option, and that's that's to think and act and believe that the Spirit of God is in us because we are controlled by the Spirit. Ultimately, we are controlled by the Holy Spirit. He is our life. He is our source. But the reality is, is that living out of this flesh will will continue to lead to ongoing defeat because I'm trying to focus on the flesh. And here's the, another truth in this: I am not. Uh, it's not my job to go out and battle the flesh. It's to walk by the spirit. That's the choice. Walking by the spirit. Because if I walk by the flesh, it tells us in in Romans Romans eight six that if we walk, if we have our mindset on the flesh, it's death. It's death. What's the opposite of life? It's death. But the mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. You know this. When you're walking by the Spirit, you know it because your mind is at peace. Your mind, you're experiencing the life of Christ in you. And so this death is, the word here in Scripture here is defined as the misery of the soul. And it's a result of sin because when we have our mindset on the flesh, well, yes, what are some examples of this? Condemnation. Anxiety, shame, worry, unworthiness, inadequacy, insecurity, frustration, dissatisfaction. All of these can be examples of the mindset on the flesh is death. Those sound like deathly kind of words, right? The opposite, walking by the Spirit, leads to life. 
leads to life. So that's that's so important. And so the flesh, I really believe the flesh is the greatest enemy uh, in in the battle because we've taken hold of this. This is how we've learned to live apart from Christ. We've learned these patterns, these ways of dealing with life, and you know, just just um, it's it's so it's so entrenched in us that we it's hard for us to to experience this freedom because we've we've gone to it for so long. It's what we're used to. It's our security blanket. So that's that. Okay. So now that I want to go. I want to go through these a little quicker here. Uh, enemy number two: the power of sin. Now, remember, I want you to think of this as a power. A parasitic power. Think of a um, think of a parasite. What does a parasite need? It needs a host, okay, to invade, right? A parasitic. So this power of sin. This is not the action of sin. This is the noun of sin. Came into existence when Adam and Eve chose to live independently of God. Okay, and you read if you go back to Genesis, I believe it's three or four. It talks about how sin is creeping at the do- at their door, right? It's, it's when it's described sin, almost like it's describing a person. But it's this force. Think of the power of sin as this force, this power that seeks to draw you and tempt you to live independently of God. Okay? Now, this is not, this is sin, not the sins, not the actions. Okay? But it's coming at you. All right? And here it is, Romans 7.20. But if I am doing the very thing I do not wish, I am no longer the one doing it, but the power of sin which dwells in me. So the power of sin needs a host. So it's luring it up. And it works in tandem with the flesh, so all those ways you've gotten life from apart from Christ, here it is, power of sin coming at you, it needs a host. It needs a it needs a host to live out of, which is your body. And that's why Romans 6 is so important, because it says, do not then offer your body up to the power of sin, but offer your body up to righteousness, because you already are righteous, right? So the power of sin's interacting with this fle- the fleshly thinking, um, they're 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 working together. Uh, think about this. Let's just think about this from a human standpoint. Okay, uh, you're at a restaurant. You got the servers bringing you all this dessert tray, right? You got all your favorite desserts on there. You can't resist. This is the power of sin in the flesh. So you take one, you take another dessert. The power of sin is the server. Okay, he's the one, the server, right? And the desserts themselves are actually the fleshly thoughts and behaviors. So think about that. So the tray that they're coming on is the power of sin. But the desserts themselves are the fleshly, th- fleshly thoughts and behaviors. Does that make sense? So it's always serving up these fleshly thoughts to us. It's this platter of a potpourri, fleshly things that we've gone to for so long, for so long. And the, the fleshly patterns for me have been so so prevalent in my life. Those those The power of sin, the way that's looked in my life is getting my needs of worthiness apart from Christ through pornography, through performance, through getting approval of others, and through being more spiritual, all of those things. And the power of sin was more than happy to offer up, well, here's all the ways you can get those needs met, Matt, and here's the ways that I chose to do it, and we continue to choose to do it. Okay, so there, it's kind of like there's a partnership there because now you can be, be aware of this, that this is what's being served up to you. This is not you, but this is what's coming at you. Okay, and so that's a, that's a really good question. They're, they work; they're working in tandem, really, to to lure you away from living dependently on Christ. And I want you to I want you to think about this, meditate on this, how the power of sin works in your life to serve up these fleshly thoughts, which, if you take ownership of, will produce the fleshly behaviors. So think about it. This is being offered up to you. 
If you don't know your identity in Christ and you don't know how secure you are in Christ, you don't know who you are in Christ, anything and everything could be a could be a, a tray of being served to you to get your identity from. Could be things that maybe even would be considered good. Right? And those are going to be served up to you. But I want you to engage the Holy Spirit of God to reveal those areas of your life where the flesh and the power of sin is being served up these thoughts to you. This is not to be overly introspective on this because the one that's in you is greater than any of this, right? But it does give us some way of thinking about this differently. I see, I see all this so different now. I thought that was just who I was. I thought it was coming from me, but it's not. It's coming from this potpourri of being served up to me of the flesh and the power of sin, all the ways I was getting my needs met apart from Christ. So I could go on about that, but I want to get on to the third one here. The third one is, this is going to be uh, Satan. Satan himself. So 1 Peter 5 8 says, Be of sober spirit, be on alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. The enemy wants to devour you. He wants to devour you. And here's here's what he's doing. Here's how he's devouring you. John 8 44. For he, Satan, is a liar and the father of lies. He can't touch your spirit. I want you to know this right now, brothers and sisters of Christ. He can't touch your spirit, but the way he works in our lives is through lying. Through deception. He knew he couldn't touch Adam and Eve, but he could deceive them and he could lie to them, and he did it. And so we are in that, we're going back to that verse in Ephesians. This is what we're battling. We're battling these unseen forces with the enemy, and he is a formidable foe. He doesn't want you living in your freedom. He doesn't want you living from Christ as your life and your source. He doesn't want you, he wants you to doubt all of that. Why? Because he wants you to keep he wants to keep you focused on your behavior, what you're doing and not doing. He wants you to keep you he doesn't want you to know that that you're already fully set free and that your identity is secure in Christ. He wants you to doubt all those things. So what's he gonna do? He's gonna lie. Well, okay, look at you, Matt. Look what you did five minutes ago. And that's what was so hard for me is I was focused on, on my behaviors and what I was thinking and doing, and I wasn't fixed on Christ. And so it's like, Matt, yeah, look, at, look at you. you you're, not, you're not righteous. Your identity is not free. Look at what you just did five minutes ago. Look at that. He wants us to, he's going to lie to us. That's his strategy, to steal, kill, and destroy out of us living dependently on Christ. I don't want to, we're going to go maybe a little bit more into this later on, but I don't want to go into this too much now, but because the enemy is a defeated foe, we have to know this. He's a defeated foe, but the only, the only authority he has in our lives is to lie to us. But the one in us is truth. You have the voice of truth living in you, brother and sister in Christ. You must know that. You must know that. So anytime you start feeling condemnation, shame, insecurity, unworthiness, that's coming from the lies that you have taken ownership of. And I think sometimes we give too much credit to the enemy because we have the Spirit of God living in us. Do we even know how powerful He is in us? We have been set free. You have been set free. Let that just overtake every part of your being. Because he, the, the devil can't touch you, but he can lie to you. And so shall we know the truth? Because the truth will set us free. So last one real quick here is the world. Uh, and the world can include uh, circumstances, but I think I may add that as another one at some point. But here it is, Colossians 2.8. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. If I can't if I couldn't encourage you to think of one verse to focus on this week, it'd be this one. See to it that no one takes you captive. There's a great word. Captive is bondage. It's the opposite of freedom. 
Through what? Through hollow and deceptive philosophy. This could be any kind. Anything that's not of Christ is a hollow and deceptive philosophy, which could be, and this is, I'm going to say, this could be a lot of what we're hearing in Christianity. Be more religious. Be more spiritual for God. Be more, all of these kind of things. And he even goes on later on in that part to say, this is even what we're talking about, even dealing with the flesh of do not taste, do not touch, do not... No, we don't. That's not how we're supposed. Because the more we focus on not doing something, the more we're the more it gets inflamed in our lives. But instead, we need to focus on Christ. The basic principles of this world are what the world tells us how to do things. Don't look at that. Don't stop looking at porn. Don't look at. Don't eat that. Don't eat that. Don't touch that. Do the. Do this. Do that. Don't do that. all of that. And yet, Christ is showing us that we got the Spirit of God. We can live from the Spirit of God in us. 1 John 2.16 says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life, is not from the Father, but it's from the world. There it is. You want to know what the world's offering you? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life. That, that's what the world's offering us. You can look at any news cast on the news, read any kind of news on social media, and you're going to see all of this. This is offered up. This is what we're seeing all the time. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, boastful pride of life. And remember, the enemy, Satan, is the god of this world. And he's using all that the world offers to influence you. This this is where the influence comes. To do what? To try to be successful, to try to win, to try to be stronger, to try to be self-sufficient, to try to be independent of God. He's using the culture all of the lies of the culture are trying to tell them. We get caught up in so time. He's trying to lure us into that. The world's trying to lure us and entice us into all of those kind of things. It's, it's, the, it's the ultimate message of you can be this and you're not this. And it ultimately leads to discontentment, disillusionment, because we think we're supposed to have that. And yet Christ says, I've given you everything. And all the world can serve up to you, as it says there in 1 John 2, is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life. That word pride, right, comes in a lot. So all these world events, all you know, everything, and I'm not going to get into go down that road of politics or all of those are, are to invoke fear, anger, anxiety. I mean, I know many Christians who just can't get past a lot of that stuff. They just they, they just get so focused and so fixed on all those things. Are we to be concerned about what's going on in the world? Absolutely. We're to be involved with politics and government. Oh, yes. But my goodness, we get so focused on those kind of things that they steal our peace, they steal our rest. They, and at some point, we can just say, you know what, God, you're in control of all that. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna just wallow around in that and focus on that. I'm gonna believe that you are in control, and I don't have to be influenced by that. Okay, I want you to think for a moment. This is a good question. Think for a moment how the world, how culture, how the current events of this time are influencing you negatively impacting your thought life. Maybe you got to turn the news off for a while. I did that actually uh, recently, just turned the news off for several weeks, and it was actually kind of nice. <laughs> I don't think I missed too much about it, right? Uh, but what are some thoughts that come to mind that are from the world that are negatively impacting your life? Think about that. And then I want you to engage God. Ask God, what in what ways does the Spirit of God overcome that? In what ways does the Spirit of God give you peace and rest? Because you've got everything you need in that. So there's going to be some negative impacts of this. Uh, and some of those are going to be the, these, these fleshly thoughts that, are, that now you've taken ownership of. Now, you're, now the, well, here's what happens in this, though. You're now, your emotions are connected to this. 
So the next time something happens coming at you, guess what? You've already got that lying belief in your mind and your soul. So the emotion is connected to the belief, right? And so then your will is then also connected. So what, well, how does that work? Something happens to, a, to me, okay? Uh, I've, I've got the lying belief of, of the, well, you know, okay, let, let's just, let's use this example of somebody cutting me off in traffic. So I got the lying belief that everybody's supposed to drive the way I want them to. Well, so um, somebody cuts me off, that, that emotional trigger is going to be anger, going to be frustration. But why? Because that fleshly thought in my mind is, well, everybody's going to drive the way I am. And if, if they don't, then I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. And so then my will makes the choice to go up there and either honk at them or try to change, whatever, it's stupid stuff, right? But this is a silly example, but it happens. We, we see road rage on the road all the time, right? And so this is just an example of how this is offered up to us. And our because we've bought the lie, our emotions are connected to us to it. And then we make a choice out of the fleshly thought and emotion. Do you see how that's affecting you? See how that's impacting you? It's not coming from you. But, it's, but these are the consequences of taking ownership of that. So I hope this has given you a deeper insight. I, I wanna, I'm going to leave you with some hope on this. I don't, wanna, this. I don't want this to be a discouragement because that sounds like that's a lot to deal with. And it is. But guess what? You're not the one that has to deal with it. Okay, You're not the one that has to be the one to overcome any of that because you are already an overcomer in Christ Jesus. You have already overcome the world. And as, as we said, as, as Colossians 2.8 said, uh, you can now focus on Christ in you because he's the one that lives in you and you are complete in him, lacking nothing. So the more we focus on truth, the more that sets us free. We choose to trust the truth. That's where transformation happens. And that's what's going to continue to happen in this experiencing the freedom that we already have. So I wanted you to see what your opponents are. They're not you, but they're coming at you. And as we can have a whole new way of thinking and seeing this, as God's continuing to renew our minds to the truth of who we are, because brother and sister in Christ, you are free indeed. Now we get to choose to live from that today. You are not the flesh. You are not these lying beliefs. You are not the the some result of the circumstances of your life. You're not the power of sin. You're not the world. You're not any of those things. You are Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's what you've got. That's what you've got. And so we're gonna we're gonna go through this even more, but. I wanted to encourage you with that today, even though that sounds like these opponents are, uh, <laughs> they're, yes, they're fierce, but they're not more powerful and fierce than the one that lives in you. So trust him, trust Christ in you because he is enough. He is more than enough as you engage in this, in this, in this struggle. So be encouraged today in the Lord. Thank you for joining us today. We have a lot of resources here that we'll list, uh, on the, uh, uh, in, the, in the notes that you can reach out to our new devotional book, Free Indeed. Please reach out, uh, get a copy of that. We'd love for you to hear any feedback on that. Uh, ask us any questions, send us an email. If you want to pursue one-on-one coaching, we do offer that. Uh, so as we say here on this podcast, come as you are and find freedom. We'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.